At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. This mercy message today, not so much on the grace today, because I want to talk today about the Father of all mercies. And that verse of Scripture is found in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3 and 4, and it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, not mercy, but mercies, and God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our tribulation. With what? With His mercy. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So what that says is, you need to be on the receiving end of your heavenly Father and the mercies that are attached to every promise of His Word so that you can comfort others with His mercy. We don't deserve the mercy. We don't deserve the grace of God. We don't deserve any of it. But because of Him, it's ours. And we've got to embrace it and take ownership of it and allow it in our lives like never before. I've, I, have, I have several opportunities to preach in other places over the next couple of years. And right now, everywhere I go, I'm bringing this word. Because there's something about, if you, if you haven't listened to the last... If you weren't here in the last three, how many times have I ministered? Three? Yeah. Two Wednesdays and a Sunday I've ministered on this. And if you haven't been here, I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because what I'm going to share with you today uh, may not totally relate to you if you haven't heard everything to this point, but I'll do my best to kind of bring it together. Um, but <clears throat> today I'm speaking this from the Father and His mercies to you fathers. And I'm also speaking it from the Father, His Word, to all of His children. So this is Father's Day and I'm speaking to the fathers, but I'm also speaking to all the children of the Father today. Everybody say, ahead of time, I receive this Word. Amen. So from this passage in 2 Corinthians 1, we see that mercy comforts. Did, did you hear me? <clears throat> mercy comforts. Mercy brings comfort to a person's life and soul. 2 Corinthians 4.1 says... Now, it's because of God's mercy that we've been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant. That's the wrong translation. Do you, do you, have, the, do you have the King James up there? I mean, the new King James? Yeah. Wow, my notes automatically switch to some other translation. It sounds pretty good, but I, I need this other one. That is really weird. Hmm. Anyway, let's focus. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, 
or like whatever translation that is, it said, now because of God's mercy that we've been entrusted with, I like that too, therefore since we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we do not lose heart. So the ministry of mercy is what I was created for. I was created for him, for the ministry of mercy, to produce freedom. Because if you go back to the third chapter of 2 Corinthians, the last 8 or 10 or 12 verses, he's talking about this ministry is the ministry of freedom, of liberty. And the liberty and freedom, as I'm sharing with you today, comes through receiving and embracing the Father of all mercies. The Father of all mercies. And I want you, as you leave here today, I want you to receive what I'm saying so that you can take it and make it your own. I I, I want enough explanation coming from what I believe God has given me over, over the last however long that I've been on this. I've just been studying this and looking at this. It's actually... It's actually transforming something in my own life because I just have to admit that consciously I wasn't aware of this, but what God's revealed to me as I've been through this, and and I see it clearly, is that there wasn't enough administering of mercy the way he wanted it for my life. I'll say it like that. So... He didn't bring this to me just for me, but he brought this to me to give to you to see how that when mercy is in operation, everything flows. There's no hindrance. There's no stoppage. Everything flows when mercy is in operation. As I said to you a minute ago, the word mercy I've, I've defined as pardoned from misery. That's God's focus or his attitude toward you is that you've been pardoned from a miserable life. Everybody say that's good news, right? <clears throat> so I want to look at and talk a little bit as we did last week. Or, or last Wednesday, like I said, I'm just kind of jumping into this, so it, it, there's not as much background in leading up to this as I'd shared last week. But I want to look at Matthew chapter 7, and just starting with verse 1. <clears throat> verse 1 says, Judge not... Trying to make sure that this didn't tra- change to another translation. <laughs> okay, it's the right one. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, what this isn't, this is not a message trying to get you to not judge. You know why? It doesn't work. 
It doesn't work to tell you, you you just need to not judge. But what this is, is helping you and I to understand how judging is working against us. And when you judge, you're not in mercy. And when mercy is not flowing, you're not receiving from God. You need to meditate on that statement right there. When you're in judgment over things, you're not in mercy. And I'll I'll read scriptures to prove that. But I'm saying to you up front. There's a difference in you having an opinion about something and then you doing something with your opinion. Anything that happens in life, you have an opinion, right? And we know all that because we know everybody's opinion today, especially on social media. Hmm? One person's opinion and then 9,000 other people with their opinions on top of it. So judging, meaning people taking their opinions and doing something with it, and, and passing judgment on situations, people, issues, or whatever, it's everywhere. I said it's everywhere. And everybody does it, and you've done it this week. So take a deep breath. We're all in the same ship. But I'm telling you, I'm giving you something that's going to help you to internally do an audit of your life and how you handle situations and how you respond. Because I believe what I'm giving you is a key that will unlock the receiving end of your life from God that has maybe been locked up because of things you're doing that you're not even really conscious of. And I'll just tell you right this, right here. Anytime the word judge or judgment is brought up, people's minds potentially shut down. Like some of yours already have. Okay, what time is it? What time is it going to be done? And you miss what I'm giving you. Remember, this is not a message telling you you judge too much and you need to quit. Because most people, if you ask them if they judge other people, they say no. I mean, I have my opinion. I mean, you know, or I say this or that. Or, you know, I, uh, that person did something worse than I did. I mean, you're, I mean you know, I mean, if, if uh, it, well, never mind. <clears throat> we could go on and on in that. And he said, so he said, judge not so that you're not judged. Okay, in Matthew 16 it says, God has already judged the whole world. He's already judged every human being and he's already judged every action. So, when you judge, hear me, when you judge, then you put yourself up against the judgment of that God has already judged the world with. 
What did he say? Judge not that you not be judged, for with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And, he, and then he, say, he goes on to say, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that's in your own eye? Why, why, why are you making such a big deal out of the little thing in your, in, that you see your brother doing and not judging your own life? Because where does judgment begin, does the Bible say? It begins in the house of God. And where is the house of God? Inside of me. I am, you are, we are the body of Jesus Christ, but we are individually, and judgment begins in ourselves. So the thing, you know, the little meter that you have where you're out here judging everybody else, if you turn it on yourself and you begin to see yourself, then he says here, or how can we say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at at the plank that's in your own eye, he calls us a hypocrite. So when you judge... You're operating in hypocrisy. Pretty strong, pretty absolute, pretty covers every single thing on the planet. People don't like to hear absolutes like that because then you've got to work it out for yourself or you turn it off. He said, first remove the plank from your eye, then you're able to see clearly to remove that little thing that you, it was, you were making such a big deal in your brother. Now, I want to give you this definition of judging. I gave you one the other day, but I'm going to give you this one. And I want you to think really hard and clear because what I'm going to give you today, what, what this message is about to all of you fathers and children of the Father is how to receive from Father. And I'll just tell you this, even to this day, your children will always be your children. You know, when we think of children, they're little ones, but they're still your children when they're grown or they do whatever they do. They're still your children. I'm a better father today because of being able to embrace the comfort from my heavenly father. Other people have helped me along the way. My pastor helped me. Different men of God have been in my lives like father figures and those kind of things, and that's helped. But if you depend on that all the time, all your life, you're missing out. I want the comfort from him. Sometimes things or parts of it will come through other people, but at the end of the day, I want the assurance he is who he says he is. I want all the comfort that he says is mine, and I don't want anything else. Because I don't want, I like being prosperous. I like being healed. I like the joy of the Lord in my life. I like, I like living a, a life that's worth living. I like all those things. But when you live a life in judgment, you're not living there. You're living in a life of misery, whether you want to admit it or not. Judgment, most cases, comes out of people because of their insecurity. We've got to downplay other people to make ourselves feel better. That's just a natural thing. You're not, you're not a bad person when you're doing that. Just get over it. And you came to the right place today to get the tools to get free of it. Can you say amen to that? I'm telling you today, you can get free of this judgment thing. I'm preaching it everywhere. I told you this wasn't a series, but I don't know how long it's going to go. Because there's some, there's some depth here that 
I've never seen in my life. So here's, here's my definition of the word judge. When you're judging, you're condemning by decision. <clears throat> Why did he say, don't judge? He said, don't judge because he's the judge. This is not trial by judge and jury. This is trial by judge. And when you judge, then you're condemning situations in life or saying that something is or, or looking at the speck in your brother's eye or, or, or trying to work and fix all these things and make everybody line up when that's his job. And I just tell you right now, you're not good at being judge. Actually, you stink. And me. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fairly good, but you all. No. I'm saying we stink at being judge. He's judge and we're not. In the, in the court systems, when it's down, it's, 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 a, it's a trial by judge, it's not by jury, then the judge hands down the sentence. And what sentence has been handed down by the judge? Not guilty. And you can, we can sit there and think, okay, so not guilty in myself, but the one you're judging is not guilty too. Oh, but you don't know what they did. That's not your business. How far reaching does that go? You've got to work it out. I'm telling you, it's not your business. It's your business to show mercy. And how do you do that? Every time you have an opinion, that opinion is attached to your tongue. I was, I was sharing this in northern New Mexico on Thursday night. I was at the table with about six or eight people that were, another, there were five of us, not six or eight. There were five of us at the table. And they were in the meeting before, and, and the topic was judging because of what was preached. We're in conversation just about a lot of different things. And all of a sudden, I start saying something, and I get it out of my mouth. I say, uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not saying that. Because it's an opinion about someone else. It actually touched on politics, and I said, you know what? I don't want to talk about politics. That's a dangerous place. Listen, for you to have an opinion is not evil. It's what you do with the opinion. You say, well, you know, Pastor, I mean, can we never say anything And because we're, we're going to be judged? See, if, if that's your attitude, you've got to work through that. Because it takes work to know what to do from the opinion until it either is turned around and used as in a direction of mercy or judgment against another person's life. So, so what's the difference maker there? It's what I know about a situation, and it's my opinion. Am I going to turn that in judgment that I'm not good at? And actually, every one 
of those words that come out of my mouth in the form of judgment, now I'm a hypocrite. Because I say I believe in him. He's the father of all mercies. He is the ultimate judge. He said, don't judge. And when I judge, I'm a hypocrite. That's what he said. Don't look at me like I said that. I'm, he said that. I'm just saying what he said. Right? And the difference, the difference is, is when I have something, I've got to turn my words around and begin to speak over that situation what mercy would speak. Well, what, what, what would mercy say? He's the father of mercies, and so what mercy would say is what father would say. Most people don't believe. Most people don't believe that what they say is going to come to pass. Most people don't believe that. Because if I start speaking Ephesians 1 over a person's life that the eyes of their understanding would be open, that they would know who, what the hope of his calling, what the, the glorious riches of, of who he is, and now I'm, I'm off on my confession, and, and what the surpassing greatness of his power is to them as they believe the word of God. When, when I start speaking those kind of things over people, that's mercy. Most people believe that won't be enough. They have to, now, now it's judge and jury. So we're going to step into the arena of the court and be the judge and jury. How do we do that? Well, I have an opinion. I call Randy. Hey, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're right about that. Oh, man, I got two of us now. Then Randy calls his son, tells him, man, now we got three of us. Yeah, come on. Now we got it, right? Then, uh, what's your son's name? <laughs> Ryan. Sorry, when I get up here, sometimes. <clears throat> I know Ryan real well. And so Ryan calls Eric. Now we got four. Now all we need is 12, and we got a, a, a total jury going with the judge. Who's the judge? God that started it. Now it's judge and jury, and we got it all down, and now we're all in agreement about this thing. And the deal is, we don't believe that what we're saying right now is really affecting us in a very, very, very negative way. It's hurting us deeply. Because you're not a good judge, and you're definitely not a good spiritual jury. When you have a judge that has passed judgment that's not his job. You say, well, you know, well, I didn't say that in the beginning. Yeah, but you agreed. You agreed. God's delivering us of that this day in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm telling you, if you get a hold of this, you'll never be the same the rest of your life. You, you, you don't hear me say that a lot, that absolute. If you get a hold of this and you learn to apply this, no matter how difficult some of the relationships or situations in the past, you know, uh, maybe co-workers, maybe spouses, maybe past people. I don't care how difficult it is. If you get a hold of this, it will literally transform your whole life because you'll be on the receiving end. You don't know how much of your judgment has hindered 
God being able to move in your life. You don't know. And I'll just say this. I believe most of you believe this. You believe that what you say is going to come to pass. You just have to make sure and be aware of exactly what you're saying all the time. Can you say amen to that? Luke 6 and verse 37, and this is in the Passion, I think. Forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others, and you will not be criticized and judged in return. Do you see what I'm giving you? Forsake the habit. How? By turning your opinion in a situation, turning that opinion and letting that opinion being swallowed up in the revelation of the word and what God would say, and then turning your words in the direction of making declaration over people or situations instead of judging the situation. You know what, you know what challenge I'm giving you today? For the next 30 days. You start documenting what you say in every situation. And as you hear this word today and the other words that I've preached on this or any, any of the others that I'm going to preach on this, you start allowing the Holy Spirit to show you what needs to be, where you need to be delivered and set free from this in your own personal life. And in 30 days from now, if you stay with this and apply this, there's going to be openings and open doors in your life that you've never seen before, I promise you. Because of what God's promised me that is here in, the, in this passage. As I've been studying this for a while, he's shown me something that I was missing from all these scriptures that I know. I'm reading scriptures that are familiar to us, things in here, but there's something that I've missed in this and it's what I'm telling you about today. Judgment versus mercy coming forth from our lives. Getting delivered of judgment by learning to administer mercy like we never have before. Watch what he says. Forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others, and you will not be criticized and judged in return. Don't condemn others, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive over and over and you will be forgiven over and over. What does that mean? You reap what you sow. I said you reap what you sow. James 2 and verse 13, and I'm going to read this out of the Passion also. It says this. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy, though, triumphs over judgment. See, what's so good about this, this isn't, this isn't a word of condemnation telling you, well, you're judging too much. Especially if your spouse is sitting next to you and they're going like this, you judge too much. No, just keep your elbow to yourself. This is about each of us individually. Can you say amen to that? Did you hear what I said? And this is, just, this is not about you trying to do something. It's you being convinced, you know what? 
I don't want the results in my life of judging. I don't, I don't want to reap the results of judging in my life. I don't want to do it. It's, it'll, it'll hinder me physically. It'll hinder me financially, my career, my, my job, my business, wh- wherever I'm at. It'll hinder my family. It'll hinder all different kinds of things. It'll hinder. I'm saying to you today, you get a hold of this, and there's no end to what God will accomplish and do in your life. So he said, so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Okay? So if you're one that has shown no mercy in a certain area, the next part of the, the last part of the passage of Scripture is your victory. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So if I've not been showing mercy in a certain situation, then as I begin to receive mercy from God, then I begin to turn the tables on my judgment by putting the words in my mouth that speak blessing and what God's Word says over somebody instead of judging what they've done. You don't know, you and I don't know everything involved in every person's life that does things that are not of God. I'm not saying the opinion you have about what someone else is doing, your opinion may be totally 100% true that they did exactly what you know that they did. And they should be punished or condemned. But that's not your job. You know why? Because the receiving of that, they're doing something wrong, then what I just read is going to come back to them. You reap what you sow. But most people don't want to trust God for that because God takes too long. We want them, we want them to pay yesterday. Can you say amen? They need, you know, God just kind of missed this one. We need to help out and take over and, and fix this thing, and they need to pay. Okay, stay with it. It's kind of the story of the tortoise and the hare. That rabbit man, he ran all over the place. Looked like he was accomplishing all kinds of things. And that turtle man, just one step after another step, I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to this, I'm going to that, I'm going to this. And boom, came to the end. That rabbit man, he didn't know where he was. And that's what happens when you're judge and jury. When you're judge and jury, it's a mess. It's like this. But when you're trusting God and you're allowing Him to be judged and knowing that you were created for Him and He needs you to administer mercy, and when you're mercy, you're the, you're the turtle, and I promise you, it's never fast. It's never fast. And all along the way, as you're praying over people, declaring the word over people or situations, you begin to believe that it's really going to come to pass, and you begin to develop a heart for that person. You know why? Because no matter what they're doing, no matter what you or anybody else is doing, everybody's God's child. Whether they're born again or not, they're children of God. Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm talking about created in God's image. Not born again, but they were created in the image of God. God loves them no matter what you think about them. And you stay out of the judgment realm 
and you operate in the mercy of God that he created, remember what we read a minute ago? It's a ministry. When you've received the mercy of God, then the ministry of freedom is what you're called to to help other people. Why? Because I believe that mercy triumphs over judgment. You, you know what's great about the mercy of God? is when, when you're kind of screwed up in your mind and you're judging everybody, you know, and their dog, you know, and, and, and I, I've judged my neighbor's dogs even. And uh, when you're judging everybody, the mercy of God is still there for you to help you get out of it. So we're covered in every way if we'll just embrace truth. I'm not bringing you something that's real easy to preach and that, you know, we, we don't have everybody standing up yelling and screaming and hallelujah and all this kind of stuff because, you know, that, that's not necessarily the most exciting message, but it's going to produce some of the greatest fruit you've ever seen in your life if you do something with it. Some of the greatest fruit you'll ever see in your life if you, if you do something with it. Can you say amen? I want to just make this point. I, I, I talked about this a little bit in a couple of the messages I've already ministered, but, but I, I just want to make these, these two points. Um, we read a little bit about Job in one of the other me- messages, but I, I want to say this about Job, and I'm going to touch on this. I'm going to go a little bit deeper in this about the life of Job where judgment is concerned. But I want you to see what the devil did to Job. And remember, Job really didn't realize there was a devil. And I'll prove that to you at another time. I'm just telling you, he didn't realize there was a devil. Now, I want to say this to you. The devil came to God and accused Job. And Job was judged... And as a result of Job being judged, it gave the devil access. It gave the devil access into Job's life. The devil wants you to be judged and to be judging because then he has access into your life. That's what happened with Job. And if you read the first three chapters of Job, you see that in there. And... Forty-plus chapters later in the book of Job, Job repented. And what he said in his repentance is he, he made statements and he did things without knowledge. Everybody, most people, 9.9% of the people that judge, I'm sure there's something that's out there that's not, but most people when they judge, they don't even realize they're judging. They don't even call it judging. Hey, I have a right to my opinion. You have a right to sink, too. You have a right to stay sick. You have a right to stay poor. You have a right to stay in the lack of peace. You have a right to stay in all those things. You have a right to do all that. And I'm convinced that the lies that the enemy has brought to mankind has kept them in places that they're in, not seeing the liberty and the freedom. And here, and I'll end with this today, here lies the key. Revelation 12 and verse 9. 
Then I heard a loud voice saying, did I say Revelation? Yes. Revelation 12 and verse 9. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of our Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony as they did not love their lives to the death. Listen to me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says that Satan is the God of the world system. The world system is the way of thinking. He's still the God of that system, the way of thinking. He's defeated. Christ defeated him at Calvary. He has no power and authority over your life and your world, but he is controlling the way of thinking on planet Earth. Doesn't have to be that way, but he's still that until he goes to the pit and the top is shut and he's done forever. Until then, through deception, he's operating. And what he's trying to get you to be is just like him. He wants you to be an accuser of the brethren. And if we don't overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony on a day-to-day basis and change our judging into mercy, then you stay. This is, this is pretty tough, but you've got you to receive it because it's liberating. I, I don't know, man. I, I, this is one of the most liberating messages I've preached in a long time in my life because it's liberating me day by day. But you and I, when we stay in a judgment mode, we become, just like him, accusers of the brethren. Remember, the brethren are everybody that was created in the image of God. They're God's children. They're God's creation. I'll say it like that. I didn't say everybody's born again. It's God's will for everybody to be born again, but not everybody's born again unless they choose to be. But everybody was created in the image of God. And when your mouth is used to accuse somebody created in the image of God, you become an accuser of the brethren, just like Satan. Just like Satan. And now, you're involved in advancing his kingdom. Born again or not, you're involved in advancing the kingdom of darkness. Because you've taken on the role of judge and jury that you're no good at, that's not your job, you don't even have to. Do you know how stressed out and miserable that your life is when you're judging everybody around you? You don't have to be that. And this attitude about not judging people is not sticking your head in the sand and doing nothing. This is turning the tables on the enemy and the kingdom of darkness and letting it know it has no right to operate and you're not going to use me in your, your kingdom advancement coming against people created in the image of God. And I'll just tell you, I have. 
I have from the day I was aware of what was going on. My mouth has been used many times through the years. But today I've got revelation that I've never had before. And that's why all the things that I speak every day, all my declarations, my daily routine has brought me to a place in my life. And I've said this over my wife and I for years and years and years, that our best days are before us. I, I, I have cold chills from the top of my head to the soles of my feet because today that has come to pass because of the revelation that I have and the keys that God has given me to make sure that that happens. Do you think God doesn't want the best for you and I? I mean, the absolute best in every area? You think God wants you rich? Do, do, do you believe God wants you rich? Listen to me. I have a passage I was going to read today, but if I preach this Wednesday or next Sunday, I'm going to, I'm going to get into this. But I'm going, to, I'm going to just kind of bring this to a close right now and say this. Nobody can go from one financial condition in life to another and handle it without what I'm talking about right here. Riches will destroy your life if your life is consumed with judgment. Did you hear me? It'll destroy your life. And you will look and manipulate in your life trying to rub shoulders with people with money, trying to get some of their money. Ignoring some of the, the God-given opportunities that He's moving your way with people that maybe don't have everything that you have, but you've got something that they need. What I want is somebody that wants God and wants to be rich. I want people to rise up from within themselves and be what God created them to be. And I'm telling you, there is so much of that trash out there in people's lives. And I'm not looking at people saying that about people. It's the trash from the enemy deceiving people into believing they can say whatever they want to do. They can allow their opinions to become whatever it needs to be and get away with it. It's a lie. You were created for Him. Not for you and what you do or who you think you are or anything else. In the passage I was going to read to you today, I may end up reading No, I'm not. <clears throat> the passage I was going to read to you today, in that passage it talks about people that are rich and they think that they're something because of their money. And their attitudes, it talks in there about their attitude toward other people. And it talks in there about how their attitude, because their riches are their God, their attitude toward my God. I want nothing to do, I mean, somebody that is rich today, I mean, that's a multi-billion trillionaire, we're getting into the trillions, somebody that's like that that doesn't know God, he needs the God from, he needs the same God that somebody that has nothing. You understand? 
but I don't want that guy's money with his attitude towards my God. Because I trust my God for everything that he has for me. Did you hear what I said? And, and that's what judgment does on one side of the coin or the other. I've been around many, many, many multi-multi-million and billionaires. I've been around many of those through the years. And I'm just saying that most of them, what they have is their God. I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying most of them that I've been around. What they have is their God. And until that changes, what they do with the kingdom and the advancement of the kingdom isn't what I think about the advancement of the kingdom. And what you and I have to learn and understand is that all that we do is wrapped up in how we deliver mercy on one side of the coin or the other. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.